welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, I am just so excited to introduce you to my two guests today. Um, And this is super duper fun for a couple of reasons. One, this is the first time I've ever had two people together on my show at the same time. Um, But they're also um, two people that I really just love to talk with. Uh, I met Laura and Betsy several years ago. Um, We um, met through an entrepreneurial um, situation, but they also saw me speak and um, came up to talk to me afterwards. And we connected and I just thought that they were both so fantastic and fun. And I think um, after our conversation, you're probably going to love them too. (laughs) So let me tell you a little bit about them officially. So Betsy and Laura Milne, they have the same last name, Betsy and Laura Milne. They're both business coaches, they're podcast hosts, and they're creators behind the growing community and the brand Luscious Hustle. And so you might be thinking that they're sisters, but when you listen to the episode, you're going to learn a lot more about them. Um, So they connected um, back in 2016 and they became fast friends and business partners while living at the same time, like 3,000 miles away from each other (laughs) in two different countries. Don't you just love, you know, in A Course of Miracles, it says whoever is supposed to meet shall meet. So I think this is one of those one of those times where it's really, uh, really shown here. Uh, So it says, I'm going to read you a little bit officially from their bio. It says, born from the ashes of burnout, Luscious Hustle was created to redefine what it means to quote unquote hustle as an online entrepreneur. And in less than a year, they harnessed their passion to build a six-figure business that supported the lifestyle and time and freedom that they craved. So together, Betsy and Laura mentor women through business development and human design alignment. They believe every woman possesses the power to lead herself, to create a life in a business of prosperity and impact while honoring the wildly feminine wisdom that lives within. So you guys, I hope you sit back and enjoy the conversation. Uh, I'm also going to be on their podcast again, uh, I think for the third time. Uh, It's now a yearly tradition, we say, Uh, but I'll be on their podcast, Luscious Hustle, in January, and we had an amazing conversation um, recording that episode as well. So just thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you uh, enjoy meeting my two friends who I just adore, and uh, I hope you have some, um, you know, at least have some fun, if not get some um, fantastic takeaways yourself. I appreciate you guys. Bye. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny show. I am wicked excited. This is the first time 
I have ever had two people on the show at the same time. So this is super duper fun. Uh, and if you already listened to the intro, you heard me tell you a little bit about these guys. And they're not guys, but that I always use that phrase, okay? And especially it's funny because their part of their brand is very much about like divine feminine. So I always think it's funny when I say guys, when I'm clearly talking to uh, two, 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 two humans who identify as female and women. But here's the thing. So I want to dive into a little bit. I have a few, few questions off the bat. And then I want you guys, we'll dive into like what you're up to now, what you do for business, all that stuff. But just so I'm sure if folks, uh, again, heard the intro, they heard your names. And I guarantee you, like, here's what I'm wondering, okay? Laura and Betsy Milne, is do people always <laughs> assume you're either sisters, sister-in-laws or something, or do they ever think that you're a married couple? This is what mm -hmm. I'm dying to know. So tell me we about, all right, so first of all, Tell me about how two women who kind of do the same thing, right? It's how you found each other. But how does this happen that the two people who are not related at all discover each other, become friends, and then beyond that, start a business together? So talk to me, people. Yeah, it is. It's pretty wild, actually, when you think about it. So, and I should also say, like, Milne, the last name is like, it's not a common name. Like yeah. all the Milnes in the world, like A.A. Milne who wrote Winnie the Pooh, like we all come from the same place or originate from the same place in Scotland. Like it's, there's like, I don't know how many of us in the world, not very many. It's pretty rare. So actually back we, I want to interject here because I was cleaning up my dad's stuff like a week ago and I was going through some old boxes after, like, I haven't gone through anything. So since your dad died. who has recently passed away, right? Yes. He passed yes. away last year in 2020. Anyway, I found this like Milne directory from like 1989. It was 200 pages of Milnes that live in the United <laughs> States. And it's all like old with like addresses and names. And there's my dad, like Michael Milne, Clark, New Jersey. So like, Aww. we know how old this is. And I was sitting there going, well, I'm, I'm going to toss this, but like, there were so many. And I was just going like, but we're weird. Like we, nobody, nobody knows a mill. Nobody says our last name. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So there are more mills than I think we give it credit for, but the way that we found each other was just so random. And I will yeah. let Laura take that. Yeah. I yeah. So I, okay. Yeah. You and I connected originally in the spring of 2016. Wow. Um, which seems like two years ago, but it was actually like almost six years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, so I literally connected with her on a DM on Instagram. So I, at that time I was like in network marketing, not in network marketing anymore, but that's okay. Like we all have a gateway drug and that's what led me to entrepreneurship. <laughs> okay. So wait, so you're in network marketing or multi-level marketing, I'm assuming, right? At yeah. MLM, okay. You're an entrepreneur. That, so that's how you get your thing into whatever, but I know the story is like you slid into her DM and then you said, hi, but what makes you do that? Is it, Hey, we have the same last name. Is it, yeah. Hey, there's something, because when you said it's so bizarre that this happened, you know, in a course of miracles, there's a line that basically says, whoever shall meet, whoever is supposed to meet, right. Whoever shall meet will meet whoever's mm -hmm. supposed to meet shall meet. So to me, I'm like, Oh, S T O T J spiritual team on the job. I know how <laughs> you got, I know how you guys actually came to be. Cause it was, it was destined. Right. 
But what makes you be like, who's this Betsy chick? Like what draws you to her? Literally, like I noticed her page. I liked what she was posting and I was like, oh, crazy. She has the same last name as me. That like, I've never seen that on Instagram. That's not a thing. And I mean, at that time with network marketing, like everyone that I knew was doing like house parties and, and hitting up their grandma and like trying to get their friends from work to join their team or whatever. And I just couldn't do that. Like I was like, (laughs) I can't do it. So, but I figured out like, cause at that time I was still on my maternity leave and I was home alone and bored. And so I would do like Instagram yoga challenges and like healthy (laughs) wellness challenges on Instagram. So I was like, I was literally just creating connections for myself through Instagram because I was alone and bored. And I was the pretty much one of the only women in my friend circle who had a kid, everybody else was still like singling and mingling. And, and so I was just really got into Instagram and figuring out like, how can I actually connect with other people and make real connections through this weird thing. I didn't even really hardly understand what Instagram was at that point compared to now. But anyways, I would just reach out to people on Instagram. If I liked what they were posting, or if I thought there was something interesting, I'd be like, Hey, like I'm Laura. Hello. And I love what you posted about blah, blah, blah. I would just comment and lots of people ignored it. And some people replied back and like, that's just kind of how it went. And so I'm connected with Betsy and we became friends. And as a like total coincidence, but of course there's no coincidences in the world. She had already been looking at the company that I was like partnered with. She was a health coach at that time. Yeah. And she just wanted to ask, she didn't want to do the whole, like build the team MLM thing. She just kind of <laughs> liked the products and wanted sure. to be able to recommend something to a client, et cetera. Oh, that's me too. Like, yeah, yeah. that's me too. With yeah. Amazon. So like, that yeah. was kind of cool. And the thing is we would get on calls together, phone calls and, you know, with, <laughs> with no, the wait, intention. Now, and where are you in the world? Land people? Oh yeah. Yeah. There. Sorry. Well, forgot about so that part. Laura was in, well, what's funny about this is like, you want to talk about spiritual team on point. So Laura was in Calgary. I was in Pennsylvania. And she DM me and like, I'm, you know, I'm a zennial, like I'm like not a millennial, like I'm a little bit older, gen, gen X or whatever we are. And, um, I was not as mm, tech savvy. Like I am pretty tech savvy in certain areas. I had a blog at that point too. Like I was health coaching and blogging. She was the first DM I ever got. And I remember opening it and I was like, Milne, I'm like, that's weird. And she wasn't even like Laura Milne on Instagram. It was like embrace abundance or something like that. Yeah. And, um, she's like, PS, by the way, I'm from Calgary. And I was like, no shit. My grandfather was from medicine hat. Like he was born up there. So there was that connection. There was the Milne last name. And I was really weird about like connecting with people at that point on the <laughs> internet. Cause I was like, fucking strangers, man. What like, no what do they want? stranger what do danger. Stranger danger. <laughs> So, so I opened the DM and I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And then it disappeared. Like I closed it and I couldn't find it. Like it took me like a week to find the DM again. And I was like, (laughs) but this chick, she found me on Instagram and she's from Calgary and she has the same last name. And I remember my dad going like, find the message, Betsy, like find the message. (laughs) So then I found it and I DM'd her back. And like Laura said, like there was already sort of like multiple levels that were happening at that point, like the product and uh, we really quickly, it was like DM here, email me. Cause I don't know how to get back in here. She emailed me. We got on a call. We talked about the product, but like the conversations, even from the beginning were never about like building the business that I was supposed to be building with her. It was always just like, we w- we were supposed to have 15 minute check-in calls. And we were talking for like an hour about branding and websites and brand building and like, isn't this cool what so-and-so over here is doing? And isn't this cool over there? And 
the interesting thing was, and I'll like back it up even a step further. Cause you know, we know we have a soul contract, like, and it gets even like crazier because a year before Laura slid into my DMS, when Ellery was being birthed into this world, mm-hmm. Laura was sitting with her notebook journaling and just basically like pouring her desires into her notebook. And like, I don't want to go back to nursing. I want to have a life where I have this incredible conversations with women sipping tea. And, you know, I want to do something different. It wasn't like, I want to build a business. I want to build a brand. It was yes. like, this is the life that I want to have. And it, too. yeah. I, I and so have. as Ellery's being birthed into the world, I was having my own like midlife breakdown at that point. And <laughs> at the exact, like we can time it down to the almost exact moment when she was giving birth to Ellery, I was signing up for becoming a health coach. And it had been like a 24 hour process to get me there. Like my mom found the webinar and then she's like, you should do this. And I was so sick at the time. Like I, I had that thought, well, if I can heal myself, I can heal other people, but I, I'm not starting a business, but I'm like prepared to do the work. Cause I'm tired of being sick. And so if you look at that, it took us a whole year to meet. And then even from that point, it took us another whole year of working together, starting a podcast, having these deep conversations before we met in real life. And another six months on top of that, before we started a business and really decided like, yeah, let's do this. We're, we're in it for the long run. So yeah, the spiritual team with this, this partnership has been on point from day one. And then of course, you know, like you go from superficial friends to like real friends to like sisters to like, we want to kill each other. Oh my God. What you mean? We got to heal through all this shit together. Like we literally have to walk through fire together. And it's been, it's been such a wild ride. Like, so unlike anything, any, any relationship, I can honestly say that so unlike any relationship I've ever had in my life, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because it all happens at the right moment. Yeah. There are so many, so many directions I can take what you guys just said, but so just to clarify, just to put readers on the same page, uh, you mentioned that you were sick before. So that was the impotence for starting doing the the health coaching is, did you want to heal yourself first or you had yeah. already healed yourself? Oh, no, no, no. You, okay. So you, were I was super it- sick. Okay. Yeah. Betsy almost died. Like okay, she was so, very, very sick. We, you don't have to totally go into it, but do you know what was wrong with you? Like, did you- yes, New York City. <laughs> okay. So, I symptom. Tell me what some of your symptoms. We so we know the cause, right? The cause was out of alignment, right? Was not yeah. the right place or, or space for you. But what what was so? How are you experiencing? Like, were you like chronically fatigued? Were you getting chronic yeast infections? Like, what? Like, how is it showing up in your body? So I, I have always been like someone who tends to fall towards sickness, right? Like I, I got really sick when I was six months old, almost died then. So there's been like a few episodes along the way. Yeah. So chronic illness was just a thing. I've had scarlet fever, measles, mumps, like all the things that aren't so supposed everything to happen. That comes through, you tend to, you tend to, I'm like, hi, pick me. I'm a perfect incubator <laughs> for you. <laughs> like mono for nine months, all the things. So I, I definitely like on paper, I still have chronic fatigue. I have Epstein-Barr. Um, but at that point in time in my life, uh, I was working like 60 hours a week. I was sleeping with my Blackberry. I was flying off to China. I worked in fashion in New York city. I have been getting migraines on and off since I was 16. I had, um, I, the year that I, when it all started going sideways, I had been diagnosed with PTSD from a sexual trauma that had happened in my early like late teens, early twenties. And it was all bubbling up to the surface. So I was like working in New York, trying to do all the things, trying to be everything. And the migraines just went from 
being migraines to we, my doctor, the last thing he said to me, he's like, I think you're having mini strokes. Like we can't prove it yet, but I was slur my words in meetings. I was losing track of time. Like, I honestly don't remember the last two years, not really of like, I have photos and stuff and I can sort of like piece together pieces of my life. But there were like two years where it was just like one doctor after another, I was coming up to my parents' house every single weekend. And my mom, I just remember my parents looking at me like, something is seriously wrong, but they didn't know because I wasn't telling them. So my mom finally was like, I don't care that you're 35. Like you need to move home. Like you need to come home. And I was like, Oh, who wants to do that when they're 35 years old, right? Receiving help. And yeah. um, Yeah. So it felt like, you know, and, and again, so old, maybe old version of you, it felt like it was taking two steps back. Um, it oh, was, it was a like failure, five, right? It's yeah. a fail- well, I don't, I don't want to speak for like you, five. right? So it feels like a failure, but really in the, the, the larger span of things, it was actually fucking three steps forward because it's what you needed yeah. to do to heal, right? Is to remove yourself from the insanity. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. listen as people pay attention to this. Now, you know, I'm actually, I just, an email, oh, it just went out like 20 minutes ago. So an email that I sent out today, it was titled, um, things are not always what they seem. And Mm -hmm. so we can often assign this meaning like, oh, this is terrible. And actually it was the thing that created the space because if you were that busy, you probably wouldn't even have seen her DM. Like you wouldn't have seen like all the stuff that was, that was happening. So all right. So now in, again, we don't have to go through the whole thing, but, um, do you feel healed now? I mean, physically, like you said, you still have chronic fatigue, but have, has things improved greatly or. Oh, totally. Okay. It's been, it's been a roller coaster though. Like when I, when I came home, it was like six months of deep depression. Then I signed up for health coaching and then you know, that was five years ago now, no, six years ago now. And so even up until three months ago, like my cortisol levels were not normal till three months ago. Like that's how hard I've been working on this stuff. And of course you have ups and downs. I think when we started getting into like human design, there's a lot of like how to eat and how to live based on your human design. That has been super helpful for me, but yeah, like, you know, acupuncturists and therapy, a lot of it was therapy. Yes, wasn't yes, so much, yes. you know. So, yeah, and so a course in miracles it says, and sometimes people get, you know, um, but a course in miracles says that all healing happens on the level of the mind. That the body yeah. is taking now, whether people believe it or not. I'm just sharing a, a point of view. Um, and so when you start to get the mind right, that shift in perception, like so miraculous and healing can happen. But here's a question I'm just going to throw out here. And obviously, um, Laura, if you have any any insights into this too, because um, a friend of mine runs a group called She Built This. And somebody in the group the other day asked this question um, about what do you do when you're a female entrepreneur um, who has chronic illness, but is trying to run a business? And she says, and here's what I'll say. I found it fascinating because and I have my own thoughts on it. And I know a few people, but one in particular off the top of my head who does have chronic illness and the way she handles it, I think is fantastic and hysterical. And I, I love her, but I would love to hear this because it's not a topic that comes up, right? It's, it's often like we're supposed to do it all and have it all and be it all and all this stuff. And if, if you've done it, and sometimes the solution is, 
you know, um, well, you have to delegate and hire people to do the things that you can't do. And I can hear, I could already hear all the people going, <laughs> but what if you don't have the money? If I had the money to hire, the, whatever. So I would just love a little insight for this, for any, for any women. And it's not just entrepreneurs, right? You might be a mom, right? You might be a, a single mom or a stay-at-home mom or somebody who's like, what do I do when I feel like my body is not on board with the plan? And I got mm. shit to do, but I'm too exhausted. So do you have any thoughts about that? Oh my God. Where do we start, Betsy? You both started laughing when I asked So much questions. to unpack. We've done like so many, this has been so much of our work it. in our business, what we do with yeah. our clients, like podcast episodes, like, okay, so because me- Betsy does have chronic illness. Like when we first started this business, her having a migraine for four days a week was like normal. That was a thing that was just, you know, her being bedridden, you know, Friday afternoon till Monday morning was normal. (laughs) And, you know, there was a point when I, when my marriage or relationship marriage, whatever first broke up, she hadn't like, I was going through a thing at the same time. And she got a migraine for like what, 60 days straight. Yeah. Like like that was like, she has done some massive healing, but it's like anything, it's not a straight, you know, linear line. It's like zigzaggy Mm -hmm. up, down, turn around all over the place. So for us, I mean, uh, the biggest thing for us was like digging into our divine feminine, healing our divine feminine, reconnecting with that part of ourselves. Um, Can I raise my hand to just, yeah. So um, just, so before we dive deeper into this and before we talk about divine feminine, I'm so glad you're bringing it up because it's on my, one of the things that I highlighted that I wanted to um, talk to you guys about um, is just tell people a little bit more. So we know that I, you know, in the intro, they know the name of your business is Luscious Hustle and you guys work with female entrepreneurs, da, 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 da. But just tell us a little bit more about your business in case anybody fast forwarded and they're dropping into this conversation because we haven't talked about it. You know, I always say womano e womano yet, right? <laughs> so when you say, okay, you know, we've got this business, we had this podcast. So you guys met online. You start a podcast before you start a business, which is also named Luscious Hustle, right? The Luscious Hustle podcast. Um, okay. And so it's for, um, you only work with women, I assume, right? Okay. So it's for women. So you're both entrepreneurs, but tell us a little bit like how you would describe what your business is, like the hot beat of it. Like, and then we can, I want to dive into the, this next thing about the chronic illness, because I think it's a, a topic I've actually never talked about on the show before. So I would say, um, I mean, it's shifted and changed since certainly since we first began, because you're right, it began as a podcast and then it became a business. But really what we do now is business coaching for women who desire to lead in their feminine. So it is like, yes, we can, we can talk strategy and teach strategy all day long, but really for us, it's about the energetics of you connecting with yourself, understanding that that duality of masculine and feminine energy that exists within you and understanding how you can rise up and lead yourself in your divine feminine when you are going through the storm, because we have gone through storm after storm, after storm, after storm, and it has never been anything external to us that has allowed us to, to rise up and succeed. It has always been us digging in, digging deep, reconnecting with our soul, What is my divine feminine saying? Where am I falling back on old, you know, old limiting beliefs or old wounds? Can I clean that up? Can I heal that? And like lead myself to the next level. And like, so that's really what it is. It's like divine feminine leadership. Okay. Um, Because we see, we see two things. We see a lot of women and we know this because we were there ourselves 
trying to operate in the wounded feminine, trying to okay. operate from mean? a place of like victimhood, basically. And like, woe is Overgiving, me. oversharing, Overgiving, oversharing. Shit is happening to me and it's not fair and I can't stop it. And, and the you victim know, loop, me, which I would call the victim loop in some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. It's total, the wounded feminine is the victim. Yeah. Or, and so sometimes women are in their wounded feminine, but then in order to try and overcompensate for that, and the way that we're typically nurtured in society is to swing to the completely other end of the spectrum, which is when you're super masculine and you're all linear and you're all driven and you're all business and there's no feeling and there's no emotion and there's no spirit. And there's like, there's just no space for you. It's just systems and structure to the all day, every day strategy, and hustle, strategy, hustle, strategy, hustle, strategy, hustle. Yeah. And so like, I mean, that's what made Betsy sick really. Like she was in this uber toxic masculine environment for 12 years in New York city, hustling, pushing herself to be better and better and better and completely losing connection with herself while simultaneously going through PTSD and like her soul basically saying like, hello, <laughs> wake up. We have things to heal. We have bigger things to do. Well, and, right. you know, and I've had my own version of that as well. So it's like, that's what we do with women. It's like, we're business coaching from this lens of like, you rise up and lead yourself and you can go anywhere and do anything. Okay. So this is really helpful. And thank you. I'm sure listeners are like, okay, yes. Love this. Want to hear more? So, all right. Because you said a couple of things there. So I want to first talk a little bit about, um, you know, like maybe some of the, like what you said. So, because here's the thing, you guys are kind of unique in that I'm assuming, and maybe this is where, like you made a comment earlier. Well, first of all, let me say this. We're, I want to talk about the divine feminine a little bit more once we wrap up what I'm about to talk about. And then I want to dive into how you said that human design aspect, because um, I've had my friend, Kelsey Albert. You guys know Kelsey? Yes, yeah, so I've had Kelsey on the show before. We did a whole thing on human design. So I'd love to dive in, dip our toes into that too. But um, something that you were saying uh, earlier is you said, you know, we went from internet, high, interested, connecting, friends, sisters, I want to punch you in the face. Like I want to kill you. Right. So one of the dynamics I want to talk about, please help me to remember here. I'll write a note to myself. Um, cause I think that female friendships are a particularly interesting thing, aren't they? So, um, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit too. So, okay. So you guys have a project or something to do, and there's two of you, right? So mm -hmm. was any of that, I want to choke you or whatever, you're making me crazy. Was it more stylistic? Like you have different work um, habits or work, um, like one of you is a night owl, one of you is an early bird. You just have different ways of processing and doing things. Or did it ever sometimes feel out of balance because there's two of you, because if one of you is sick, one of you had to pick up the slack. Like, was there ever any resentment or were you able to find a way where because you were sisters, soul sisters, you're like, I'm willing to take 70% because they're capable of 30 right now. So can we talk about the dynamic of, of illness, like, you know, what, what you do? And then how did you guys reconcile that between you? So I'm going to, I'm going to take the lead on this one. Cause I was the one that had the issue. Like oh. I literally was the one that stirred the pot. And I think it actually, for me came out of healing that 
I got angry. Like that was part of the journey, the right? Like, yeah, the rage. Because, but... <laughs> well, because so when I was sick, like growing up sick, right? When you're when you're someone who has chronic illness, there, I think for me at least, there was a lot of shame and there was a lot of hiding. Like, what's going on? Like, you have to keep up ex- appearances because you don't want to be seen as weak, especially in business. And so I had this like business background, and I was a swimmer. I was very competitive. I'm like the most ridiculously competitive person. If you beat me and go fish, we're gonna pay play four hands. Like, fuck you. I'm gonna win, and I that's used- the end. So wicked competitive. Is that still yes. your name? Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It comes up in a very different way now. Like it's not as aggressive as it used to be, but we have this joke, like New York Betsy, she can be a bit aggressive. Anyway, I own that. Like I'm okay. I'm a Capricorn, like whatever. I'm going to be that way. Um, but what happened for me was like, I hit it from Laura. I do remember the worst that had ever gotten our business. I think I texted her. She was like, where are you? I remember texting her one night and I was like, remember we talked about like life insurance for each other in the business? Like maybe like, I'm afraid I might be dying right now. Like maybe we should talk about this so that if something happens to me, like you have some finances to play with in the business and you can keep going. Like, I mean, there's definitely been some dark moments, but when I started getting like better, I guess, or understanding how I was still very much the victim to my chronic illness and my headaches, there was a ton of anger. And interestingly, it all happened at the beginning of 2020. So we went, we had an amazing year in 2019, 2020 hit. I was in California standing on a beach one day, like screaming at the ocean because I was like, what the fuck? Like I, and, and we were, I, we were trying to move me up to Calgary at that point. Like there was a plan and the business was not where we wanted it to be like Laura was in her relationship and it was still kind of new. And there was like, she was going in one direction and I felt like, And this is again, like my victim loop. It was like, I'm holding the ball. Like I'm holding everything. It was bullshit. But like, that's how I felt. My dad was also really sick at that point. My dad had had, my dad had Alzheimer's. And so we were, we had no idea what was coming in the next two months. Like he ended up falling. Uh, COVID happened. Like there was a, and then he died. Like there was just like a lot happening at one point, but happening. It just, I feel like 2020 came and it's so funny because I had been talking on the podcast and like with our clients, I was like, 2020 is going to be the year. And I was like, (laughs) shoot here for 2020. And then, you know, 2020 happened and it was just like, it's so funny because I knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. Like when we found out I was in Calgary, when we found out my dad was in surgery and I was like, oh my God, like, this is probably it. And Laura's like, don't go there. And I was like, I'm like, I'm not going to be moving. And she's like, we have the apartment, like at least the sign, everything's going to be great. Just go home, get your passport, pack up. Everything will be fine. I left so all my shit up there to move in together. Yeah. So yeah, we mom- had a plan. Yeah, we had, you well, you had a plan. We had a plan. You, you two had a plan. Right? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So you two had a plan. So like, I always, we had one. Yeah. So, but, it, go ahead. but it just, it never happened. Like I flew home, Canada went on lockdown. My dad was sick in the hospital. My dad, we brought him home on hospice for a month. And then, you know, then there was like more of 2020. He died in April. So we had him home for hospice that first month that the whole country was locked down. It was just me, my mom and my dad. And like, Laura's got her relationship. Her ex was just being like crazy pants at that point. There was so much going yeah, on. I remember we, cause we had talked and like, didn't, <sighs> I think we talked at some point that year. Cause this is yep. uh, right. Cause I've been on your show. It was at the, times. I think the last time we talked to you was the end of, so it was like a year ago, like the end of yeah. 2020. Um, yeah. 2020 was a dark year for me. I mean, I had already long since separated from him in 2019, but he yeah. went off the deep end he went off and the it rails. Got really ugly for a while. Yeah. Like it, so you both, <laughs> you, you say both... that it was high conflict with, with an understatement. Yeah. All right. So you're a single mom with a crazy ex. 
Mm-hmm. You have a business partner who has been chronically ill, is going through her own like process of like raging against the world, raging against like, the world, in the, in the in feeling like why the fuck, why me, why is this happening? Da 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 da. Have your own trauma, you both in your own ways, and then you also have a, a father who is dying, and then hello enters COVID, right? Yep. So it's like a lot was going on, but so, and I want to just stay on track just for this one point so I can finally let it go. So, because I'm thinking to myself, it might be helpful if you guys did have um, ways of supporting each other where you kept the business going, or maybe you just dialed back or did you have to pivot? So if one of you was having a particularly shit show of a day or whatever, and something was planned like a podcast, like let's make it practical and nitty gritty. We showed up. Yeah, so we, showed would, up. we showed so up. So you would like shelf for now, like whatever shelf personal shit. shit's going on. Okay, talk to me. You would that. shelf yeah. the shit. And then the thing that the thing that did happen and that worked for a while, and I want to be fully transparent about that that worked for a while for me having uh, like having an area to step into having coaching clients like that was that was the best thing in the world for me and super healing because it kept me in my power right it kept me in my purpose when I thought I had lost my purpose I had lost my why because my dad died but like I didn't lose my purpose right so it was like we could stay in our purpose what but after a while what happened is Laura and I stopped communicating And so we did actually this year, like 2021 has been all about learning how to re-communicate with each other and use a language where we actually recognize each other. Cause she went into a deep depression. I was like going through my anger. She didn't understand my anger. I was being passive aggressive. And it was like, we were coming together for our clients. Sounds like a recipe for a totally unsoothing experience. So, (laughs) but it was, but it was like a hyper speed. Like you want to talk about like quantum leaping and hyper growth, like learning how to talk to each other. I mean, we weren't in the best support. We didn't have the best support network, actually, if I'm being completely honest, while we were going through this, like as business owners, but like our purpose and what we were trying to do and what we were trying to create, like, thankfully that vision has always been so strong Yes, that we were able to hold it. But Laura and I, like, I mean, I thought like multiple times we weren't going to survive our business. So like, I didn't think it was going to survive. I I will say this, like in the very beginning of our business, and I understand this now because in the start of our business, we didn't understand human design. Now we understand our human design. So I can reflect back and see how in the beginning, unconsciously, I was doing pretty well in alignment as a generator, bringing the sacral energy. So you're Betsy. a generator and I'm a generator. I'm a, 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 a sacral five one sacral generator. And she's a three, five self-projected projector, which are very rare. So They're you're like a three less five, than 1%. You're a three, five projector. My friend yeah. Meg Haynes. Do you guys know Meg Haynes? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's mm-hmm. a three, five projector too. And you're a generator. What is, what is your. I'm five, one. You're a five, five one. one. Okay. Yeah. So, so unconsciously, is- like I brought the sacral Zazazu okay, to the party. So and then we kind of flip-flops. They don't know what that means though. They're like, what does that mean? So you're, you're, a, you're a generator five, one or whatever. When you say I bring the sacral Zaza, what, what does that okay. mean to somebody who doesn't know the language of, of human design? Human design. Yeah. We'll get in a nutshell. We'll do okay. this like real quick. So there's five human design types. It's sort of a combination. It's a, it's based on your birth date, your birth time and your birth location. It's a combination of the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the, the Kabbalah tree of life, the I Ching and the chakra system all coming together. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it is very specific. And the more we have dug in and studied our human design, like we use it extensively on the back end and the front end of our business. And it is wildly accurate, but basically what it means is, so there's generators and manifesting generators together. They're about 70% of the population. And of the nine energy centers, what defines us is that we have a defined sacral energy. So we have this consistent and fixed access to sacral energy, which is life force energy. So we have like big energy, very powerful. Then the three remaining, you have um, projectors, which are about 20% of the population. You have manifestors, which are about eight to 9% of the population. And then you have reflectors, which are completely open. And they're about 1% of the population. Manifestors are here to literally initiate. They are the only type. There's literally 8% of the population that's allowed to go out and just, inf- hey, I'm going over here now. And they can start things. They can just start things on their own reflectors are here to actually be the center of the tribe and they they tell they're like the litmus test telling us how we're doing if they are surprised and delighted that means the rest of us like oh the reflector's surprised and delighted we must be doing really well they're like the canary in the coal mine if things are not going well they will be very disappointed and they will reflect that back to you like a mirror (laughs) projectors are the newest of the human design types and they they've only been about around for about 200 years and they um they are here to guide us They are here. They are not here to do. They are here to be. They see things the way completely differently. They can see things the rest of us can't see. And they are meant to be invited, recognized for their mastery and their expertise, and then invited in to be like, hey, you're doing, hey, Jens and Manny Jens, you're over here doing this thing. I see how you could be doing it better. And then, and when we invite them to come in and help, then they, away they go. But they're, they're, um, they need to wait for that invitation. They got to have the invitation. That's right. And projectors and reflectors are non-energetic beings. So they don't have this big energy source. Manifestors have some motors. They're not like Jens or Manny Jens though. So it's like Betsy and I are very different. Our, our charts are completely opposite. She's defined from the G center up and completely open below. And I'm the opposite. I'm defined from the G center down and completely open up top. Um, people who are listening or watching, you can see this is what a human design chat looks like. So when they're talking about these centers as being undefined or defined or whatever, mm -hmm. this is kind of what it, what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's in the beginning, I unknowingly brought that sacral energy and that helped carry Betsy when she was first healing. And then over the, like in 2020, when things were so sideways, And for me in particular, like I was really disconnected from my sacral. I was very depressed. I was going through, I was having horrific panic attacks, like really going through a lot. And I was just like, I felt out of my body. I recognize now, like I felt disconnected from my human body entirely. And what little energy I had in the day I used to show up for my kid. I would put in the performance and put in the good show when I would need to be a mom to make her life as smooth sailing and is, you know, um, wholesome and nurturing as I possibly could be and love her. And then whatever was left over is what people got. (laughs) And it wasn't very good. And, you know, and I give Betsy just like enormous, enormous credit because she really held, she, she didn't just hold the ship together. She was like bailing water out of the ship Uh, while sailing it and dealing with me, like kind of hanging on by the life raft And we did, we kind of flip-flopped who was carrying the energy. Um, But there's been really, truly 2021 has been about healing. 
about healing our relationship, reconnecting. And, but I will say, you know, the thing we actually said this to each other about a month ago, like I, you know, I, I said to Betsy, like, or Betsy, we said to each other the same thing. Like the thing I'm most proud of you for is that you never quit. You never quit and you never gave up. And we both still deep, deep, deep down had this, this vision to continue to show up and serve and do the thing that we know we're meant to do, even though it got the outside got so messy. She said that to me and I reflected that back to her as well. And, and really, even in our darkest, dark moments, we always like, if there was a podcast interview, if there was a client call, if there was like a thing that we needed to show up for, we showed up both of us. So that's on time professional. And like, we did it because, because we wanted to, like, we, we want to connect with women. We want to be there to serve, even if we've still got our own crap to sort out on the back end. And I think that is part of like us being able to tap into and continue to refine, um, what it means to be in our divine feminine and to be able to hold space for each other as women and, and, and walk through a rocky, you know, a rocky relationship, a rocky time and still be like, okay, like, we're not going to get catty. We're not going to get angry. We're not going to get, it's, we're not going to let this completely fall apart. Like, cause I think that's what happens with women is we, we, we just let things get spiral so badly in the victimhood and the wounded and the blame game that it it's virtually impossible to pull back together. And like, yeah, we, ha- it was, it was rough for a while, but it's like, if we really believe that women can rise up and truly support each other on a new level, Mm -hmm. then that means we have to do the work ourselves. We have to model it and learn how to like from a place of, you know, personal power and emotional intelligence, like lead ourselves through this shit and then show up for each other. And then if we can do that, it'll happen through the business as well. So let, let's talk a little bit. Thank you for sharing all of that. And, um, so I want to just kind of complete that loop because you were saying that it all kind of fell apart in some ways. Right. And so, you know, that, that, and oftentimes things have to die to be reborn, right? There's a letting go of what was. So what can be the possibility uh, can actually emerge and be birth the rebirth of it, which it sounds like 2021 has been this thing. And I want to talk about that communication piece in a second, But I also can't pass by like people who are listening. It's not like you guys came out of the womb and you're like, I want to, I want to live for my divine feminine. Right. So at what, like, what the fuck? And most people are like, what the fuck does that eat? Because there are a lot of people who throw this lingo around, right? I'm I, I was very, one of those people. I was, I was one, one of those people who was like, what is the divine feminine? I'm very like, always like, I give the, I give the old, mm, I give the old eyebrow and I start to hear like right now, like trauma is such a buzzword when most people don't even know, like, it's just like, uh, so entrepreneurs love to get like all with their buzzwords. Right. So how does, how did you guys all of a sudden realize like, did you discover the divine feminine? Cause you were both in your masculine. Mm-hmm. Did you read it in a book? Like how, so how does one all of a sudden decide, right? Because in a way it's also what has not only been a way to define yourself, but it's also maybe perhaps how women might decide to work with you because they resonate with what that is, but you didn't just like pull divine feminine out of your ass. So like, where did that come from? Uh, for you, like your discovery of this concept or idea or way of being. Um, and then when you apply it to your work, which you just described um, beautifully, but I'd love to hear from Betsy too. Like what, what does that mean to you? But first of all, where did you stumble upon the concept? So when we first started the podcast, 
we were luscious living podcast. Like this was even pre luscious hustle. And, um, we, we had a, a couple of women on and everyone was talking about like everything you're talking about right now, like spirituality and alignment and intuition and abundance. And I was like, who the fuck are you? Like, I would sit there. This is how you manifest. You, you, you call it up like it's an order. And I was like, I was like, and I actually grew up as someone that was ridiculously spiritual. Like, I mean, we talked past lives when I was a kid. I mean, like my parents were really, really like aliens were a thing. We were talking to different, whatever we, I like was very open to things, but what was interesting is, is as we started the podcast, I realized how much I was like, and I didn't understand the language at that time. Like you said, I was very much in hustle mindset, like the mentality of go, go, go. I make a lot of money. Like, even if I couldn't recognize what I was doing, I knew I was making other people a lot of money. I know how to build businesses. Like our business survived because deep down, like I'm just good at building shit, right? Like that's my gift. And so for me, the whole idea of like, go, 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 it makes sense. I know how to build the business on paper. I know how to make you a lot of money. Where the conversation started getting interesting for me, if we go back to that night when I signed up to become a health coach, I, at that point, like that was the moment where like energetics really took the lead for me. So it wasn't just about like masculine and feminine energy. I just knew I was so burned out and there was no way that I would live if I kept going the way that I was going. There must be a better way. There must be a better and different way. There has to be another way to do this. And so the whole process of building Luscious Hustle and getting into the masculine and feminine, the masculine and feminine conversation took root for me when we started using the moon in our business, because there's masculine and feminine phases. And I was already using the moon to garden and I had been obsessed with it. My nickname growing up was Betsy Moon. And when I started playing with that energy of like, it's okay to slow down. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yep. So see, I want the listeners to understand this. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are people who do the work that we do because it is a part of our Dharma is a part of our true nature. It has always been a part of, of where the universe or God or source of the creator was placing us specifically with a certain set of tools, sometimes innate, sometimes skills that are earned and learned, but the moon, like even your name was Betsy Moon. You have these, I, I will, was your dad an older dad? Was yes. your dad an older dad? How much older than like, so how old? 40. Was he? he was 40 when I was born. Okay. So, okay. So, um, so were your parents kind of hippies in a way? Were they eclectic or artistic? My or? parents are very eclectic. My dad was a filmmaker. My parents met on a film set. Actually, okay. my mom was working for the Canadian government. Yeah. But my okay. dad was like fancy. He was a photographer. He worked okay. for Kodak creative. for a long time. Creative. Very creative. Okay. So this explains some things to me. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, those of us who are like, you know, I did not wake up and declare myself like, oh, spiritual mentor. That was, a, it was a zigzag path, but where my spiritual team, my inner teacher, spirit, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, guided me to. But these, this was a path that started for me at a very young age. What mm-hmm. I see that happens in the world of especially entrepreneurs is that something becomes trendy or a great way to niche, or a great way to market yourself. It's what it's why I left kind of the yoga business. Like I had a yoga studio for many years, 10 years. I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years. And I'm now out of retirement teaching like once a month, once every other month, because it's a blast. And I love, and a friend of mine was like, will you please come teach her? And it's fun. But what I'm trying to say is that 
Um, these things that, that I do in my life have been a calling. Yeah. They weren't like, let me make some bucks from it. This is what I'm going to do. And the reason why I, it's important that I bring this out when you guys say things like we use the moon in our business. I just want to like, like rip my eyeballs out because what happens is one person will like do it over here. And then a bunch of women will start going like, I'm a witch. I'm going to do the moon cycles to tell you when you're most productive. Like they, they, they watch somebody else do a video. They don't yeah. know fucking jack shit. Mm-hmm. And then they try mm-hmm. to start applying it and regr- And all they're doing is they haven't embodied it. They're just regurgitating it. So what, I, what I'm trying to we say, have, I'm going to shut up. Yeah. I'm going to shut up right now. Wait. But what I'm trying to say is you guys have taken these things because you live them, you applied them, you practice them, which means you have your own wisdom to share about them. You weren't just like, oh, Faces of the Moon is now popular because so-and-so is going to do it. Now I'm going to call myself an intuitive coach. Yeah. <laughs> Talk oh my to God. Me about this. I, I will say, I'll say this first. Like, first of all, we have been copied a lot. Like we have a had lot. people like, literally we had someone like listen to a podcast of ours where we were talking about lunar cycles. And then they literally like word for word regurgitated it onto like an Instagram live. And like, we've had people copy our programs. Like we've had people rip us off. And I will say too, I'm with you with the whole, like, what kind of weird moon shit is this? Because Betsy grew up with it. I didn't grow up with it. And actually in my twenties, like if you had asked me in my twenties, I would have told you as an atheist, I didn't believe in anything spiritual at all. I grew up going to church and then it just started feeling very, I don't know, stifling and, and mm-hmm. like there was too many rules. I grew up in, in Southern Alberta, which is a very, like, it's like the Bible belt of Canada. Oh. Like it's <laughs> lots, there's Uber, Uber conservative lifestyle type religions where it's yeah. like, you're either in or you're out. It's quite cultish. And so I didn't come from that with my family, but like, I grew up in that general environment. Yeah. And so I just was like, I'm going to say bye-bye to religion. Throw, throw out, I always say, throw I'm out, just throwing throw, it all out. Throw out Goodbye. baby Jesus with the bathwater. It all threw goes, out the it baby all with the bathwater. Yeah. But then as Betsy and I were working together and becoming friends and sort of stepping into this and exploring, like, what does it mean to be like wounded feminine versus divine feminine? What is wounded masculine versus divine masculine? Like understanding the energetics. And she was like, so she came to me and said like, I have been using the moon and the lunar cycles to help me understand my masculine and feminine energy. And I've been using this to help me heal my PTSD. And I knew how bad her PTSD was. Like she was having horrific, debilitating flashbacks. Um, and I was noticing a really profound improvement in her and her energy and her just general happiness. And it happened a pretty short period of time. She said, I know this is crazy, but I want to apply this to the business. What do you think? And I was like, I trust you. So I'm going to go with this, even though I don't get it. And in a really weird way, it was through like, actually like the science behind the moon, because the moon controls the, the, the tides of the ocean. You can garden by the moon. Like there's well, all kinds of so she was the farmer's almanac. This, yes. Like there's so many things about us historically as humans, we did things by the lunar cycles for thousands of years. So when I could dig into that history yeah. and dig into the sort of science behind it, and then the science behind like, well, you know, where did the universe come from? Where did we all come from? How did all these celestial 
like beings and bodies and planets and stars. And like, okay, like once I started get digging into the science, then I could actually, my scientific brain, cause I have a science degree. You're, so you're an analytical mind. Yeah. Like person. I have a, I have a bachelor's degree in biology and I was a pediatric okay, nurse for a decade. So, so yes. then I, then I could dig into it. And then that actually cracked me open yes. to the spiritual side so of it to like tapping into more. Yeah. Yes. Then I could tap into more. And then I was like, Oh, I get it now. I get it. I get it. And so I came about it in a, from really as a, a non-believer. <laughs> and then I became like, okay, I get this. There's something to this. Cause I, t- I totally get it. And even like with my boyfriend, when I first met him, he was like, you have a program called moon goddess. What kind of woo shit is that? Like, and I was like, I know, I know it's a name, but just hear me out. This is how it works. And like, once I've explained it, he's like, oh, okay. I get why that makes sense. Okay. And he comes from a totally business background. Like energy you know energy sector like very masculine yeah well so they have done studies and um written books about when they talk to the like most rich people on the planet the most successfully um business-minded entrepreneurial whatever you want to call it business owners on the planet every single one of them said that their greatest call it secret weapon or how they built their fortune or how they did what they did every single one of them said was my intuition, Mm -hmm. (laughs) every single one of them. So when you have Betsy over here, like, like she's saying, and this is what I find fascinating, this connection, she's guiding by the moon. She is literally growing shit, expanding things, creating bounty things to feed and nurture and nourish others by paying attention to the connection to the natural world. As bodies that are made up of like 70, 80% water, if you think the moon is going to affect the ocean tides, but not you, you're insane, right? It's just like you're saying. So even the people who are like, oh, it's so fucking woo. And I always say it's not woo woo. It's true, true. Um, You know, it's like they can get on board with it because the science of it is drawn out. But here's what I want to know, because you just said something very important. How would you apply, let's say, Let's say I, I'm, I'm a coaching client of yours and I come to you and I'm just trying to make it happen and force it and do it and the strategy, like whatever. I'm just saying, how do you apply this? Let's give the listeners a practical example of something they can relate to. Like, how do I take this thing? And that's one of my favorite things, taking big spiritual concepts and bringing them boom down to earth. So they're applicable. So can you just give us a taste of what that might look like? Yeah. I think that the moon works best for people that are on the far ends of the spectrum. So either women who are so lost in like dreamland that they're not taking action, or they are so down the rabbit hole of I've got to get shit done that they have lost touch with what they actually desire. So the lunar cycle, 28 days. No surprise that it lines up with the feminine cycle of getting our period. And like, this is how we birth things. This is how we grow things, right? So we have this 28 day energy cycle. Men have a 24 hour energy cycle. So the entire world, the entire business world that we know, the paradigm that we live in is built around masculine energy, 24 hours, reset, new day, do it again. Like get in there, get shit done, pull back. But the feminine, feminine energy if you, you know, born with a uterus, I hate to say it so bluntly, but like we have a 28 day energy cycle. So with the lunar cycle for me, I mean, 
it's so funny listening to Laura talk about it now because I actually selfishly use the moon. Like, like, you know, you talk about Dharma and you talk about your life purpose. I was born under a full moon in cancer. 20 years later, I was raped under the same moon on New Year's Eve. And it was like, my life was ruined. Like, and the thing that I loved, the thing that defined me was like evil. Like, how do you take away your identity? Like, it sucked. So the moon for me was like, it was ruined. And then one day I got in the garden and I was like, holy shit, my potatoes. I planted them at the right time of the, the lunar cycle. And all of a sudden I had this like bounty, like you said, but I was so disconnected. So then it was, it became like every two weeks I had a purpose, right? I had a new moon and I had a full moon and I would plant certain things on the new moon and I would plant certain things on the full moon. And then all of a sudden things started growing. And I was like, whoa, this is incredible. Did that for two years. Then we're building a business. And I found myself lost in, oh my God, there's so much shit going on. How do I, how do I navigate? Like I couldn't see my, my hand in front of my face. So I went back to the moon and I was like, okay, full moon. I'm standing in the light. There's a shadow. What's popping up for me. Can I look at this? Can I deal with this right now? Do I want to deal with this? Can I just release it and let it go? Yes, I can. Wait, then there wait, was I want to stop you. Is, Cause I, I always try to think of myself as a listener, right? So mm -hmm. when you say on a full moon, I'm standing there, there's a shadow. And when you say, do I so want the full face moon? It? No, 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 yes. no, wait, no, no. I know what you mean, but what, what I'm the, the, the caveat. And I think people get full moon, your body shadow behind you. But yeah. what I want to be specific about is you're saying, am I willing to look at this? And what you're talking yeah. about is your shadow pots. Yes. These things that are coming up. Right. And you're saying, yes. do I, it's not, do I, I want to be wicked clear, right? It's not, do I want to physically and look around at like my shadow, like that's being cast by the moon, but you mean the shadowy parts of ourselves within yes. that sometimes come up for our attention. And it's like, yes. do I want to, so continue. Yes. Do I want to look at the shadow? Cause here's the other thing. Like when we talk about, I, I, my biggest problem with the whole uh, like mindset work, uh, like uh, this whole, I don't even like saying it. Like you said, it's true, true. Like, I'm so sick of using the word woo. I'm sick of being people calling me a witch. I, cause I'm not like, I'm very much of the logical mind, but I, but I think this idea of bypassing your emotions, bypassing what's going on and trying to happy your way through life. Like it is not about joy all the time. Like you learn more in the shadow. You learn more in your anger. You learn more in your fear than you do. If you can sit with it, then I think, but we have a choice. That was the thing that always resonated with me with the lunar cycle. It's if I was standing in the light of the full moon and I could see very clearly what was going on around me. And I could see that there was this like sort of shadow energy. I had a choice. I could continue to keep down this path or I could decide that I wanted to work on it, or I could just be like, you know what, next new moon, let, like let ne next full moon, maybe I'm going to deal with it then. Right. But there's a choice. Like we always have a choice in what we are stepping into. It's not about drowning yourself. You want to talk about how to build a business with chronic illness. You can't feel like you're always underwater. You have to feel like there's like, you're in the lifeboat this month and like, you get that choice. Yeah. So for me, yeah. No, no. Cause one of the things that, um, I've been talking about, and it's resonating with me as you're saying it is that, um, I just, you know, was in part of a three month, like three part, um, process, well, workshop, we'll call it a workshop on inclusion and diversity and, um, equity and race and all these different things. And one of the things that I find, so, um, like I'm just over, like, kind of like how I got over, I didn't, I never got over 
yoga. I got over the yoga business because it was turning mm -hmm. into a circus. It was turning, it was, it was almost embarrassing at some point. I was like, ew, like uh, whatever, whatever is happening right now in the collective, I'm out. Like I'm going to go do my own thing. Right. But there's also this vibe kind of in the entrepreneurial world a little bit, you know, right now where one of the things that I said on the call, and this is when, when, when you're saying like this kind of false happiness, this not looking at the shit that needs to be looked at. And we just like, we use this very positive language in a way, right? And I said, I said, you know, they're always telling you like, oh, mindset, all oh, that mindset stuff, like all the mindset coaches, they're like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And I said, but what if you don't have any fucking boots? And that's the part that sometimes happens in the coaching world where we want to skip over people's, um, how do I want to say this? Uh, because it's talking about this choice, but we have to be able to look at the broader picture of sometimes how people were brought up, their circumstances. Because we, we often start at the thing about, well, just make a choice, make a different choice. But we're not all always on an even playing field. Am I making sense mm -mm. in what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Yeah, so go totally. Ahead. And I think, I think that was, that was the piece that was always so hard for me. Like when we, when we would have people on the podcast and they would be talking about manifesting and they would talk, and I was like, you don't know me. You don't know what I've gone through. And so then it was, so the way that it, the way that this whole thing unfolded for me, especially with the moon, again, it was like, I was using it and it was working and I was finally feeling my feelings. Like, so a new moon, you're sitting in the shadows, right? Like nobody can see you. You get to sit in the dark and you get to sit with yourself and you get to figure out like, what is it that you want? I had never asked that question. I didn't think I was gonna live past 40. So for me sitting in the dark every month, like of the new moon, right? Symbolically sitting in the dark of the new moon and setting an attention for the lunar cycle, I didn't know how to man, like, I didn't know how to dream five years out. I didn't know like 45 felt like so far away, but I could look at the next 30 days and be like, you know what, in business, I want to do this. And so I would sit at the new moon and I would be like, this is what I want to do. And then by the time it gets to the full moon, cause it's two weeks later, it was like, okay, well, what's popping up that's stopping me from taking action. What is the thing right now? When I'm standing in the light of the full moon, that's casting the shadow. What's that shadow? Is that shadow stopping me? Is that shadow pushing me forward? Like, what is it doing? And then again, it's just, for me, the lunar cycle was great because it was a constant, like non-linear way to check in every couple of weeks to make sure that I was a feeling good, B doing the work, C getting clarity on what I was. It was like a refinement process for me. So then people started asking, they're like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'll teach you how, you know, what I'm doing. But it was selfish because it was part of my journey because I had to heal that wound of being attacked under the moon, right? Like it, like my moon, like of all things, mine. So for me, it was it like honestly using the moon. It was a healing tool. Like it was say, never going to be something yes. to monetize. Yes, it started so, off as a necessity. Yes, right? it started off as is is what you were using, you know, under the guise of these other things. But really, what you were doing is healing yourself. Mm -hmm. And because it was so personal. And because it was such a devastation for you as somebody, again, called Betsy Moon, loved the moon, and that you happen to have um, this love affair with the moon, which then when you are, um, uh, and I'm so sorry for what happened to you. Uh, and I know that 
so many gifts have come from that, meaning the afterward, the healing process and what you're able now, the space and the container and the, the witness you're able to be for other people's stuff as a coach, because so many of us, it is these awful, tragic, difficult, um, you know, things that um, carve out a little more depth in us sometimes. I don't want to, I don't want to make, you know, your experience this, this thing that you may have different feelings about. So please correct me. Um, but for you to reclaim the moon for yourself, I think is a very powerful thing. And yeah, I I think it's a very powerful thing because when those kinds of things happen to us and and here's the thing, let's just be fucking real. And I talk to my sweetie about this quite often. And right now writing my memoir, um, you know, a a lot of my memoir is about this is about violence against women and Mm -hmm. how it shows up in the world and, and how, um, you know, one of the things about the moon and also like the sun, which is, you know, that, that masculine and feminine is that it's, it's reliable. I mean, until, until the humans just completely fucking ruin the planet, right? It's, it's always there. It is a true North. It is always available to us. It is the one thing that even though it waxes and wanes, it's true. It's true, right? Like we can yep. clock it. So it's, it gives us a, a steadiness to it when everything else can feel so chaotic and crazy. But one of the things I want to say is, is that you know, because I think it's important. You, we can't just skip over the fact because if you mention when you mention your rape and then you get emotional, I didn't want to interrupt you then, but I wanted to, to bring it back here is that for women wonder so often part of why they aren't taking action. Why aren't they putting themselves out there? Right. And part of it, especially if you were a traumatized kid in some way, but also just in general, the energetics of being female on this planet is that you can be killed at any moment, right? Like, like I said to my yeah. sweetie, <clears throat> do you have to walk to your car with your keys in your fist, like as a weapon, like every time you're doing something in a parking lot, loading your gear in and out? No. Do you, when you think to go like, oh, I have to, you know, I need to get somebody to walk me to my car if it's like, you know, what? And I think sometimes that the masculine men, they don't understand what it's like to be a woman in this world. So we're not only, tr- so when, when it's time for us to put ourselves out there and launch something or start a podcast or be seen, for a lot of us to be seen can feel very threatening to our actual survival. I just wanted to say this. And once you've had a, a, an act of violence perpetrated against you, um, it is not, I, I want to just acknowledge, and we all, I mean, there's barely any women. I think I have one friend who said she was never sexually harassed, never inappropriately touched. I'm like, you're like a unicorn. But most women that I know, we've had some violation of the feminine. We've had something very masculine come in and take what was not theirs to take. And I think that stepping into the power of what you're talking about is very important. So I, not to, I'll keep it the PG version of it, but I, um, he saw me at a party. He had the same name as the guy that I actually liked and he got in the cab with us and followed us home. So he watched me all night and then followed us home. I didn't know I was drunk, right? 19, like whatever. And you know, my roommate let him into the house and then she got, he got her to unlock, like get in, open my bedroom door kind of thing. And like, 
it's interesting because when we started the business, Laura would be like, I need a selfie. Like, can you just give me a selfie? And I didn't tell her why I couldn't give her a selfie. Like I, she didn't understand. I was just like petrified. And, you know, I think what, what did this, what's selfie important mean to you though? What do you mean when you said I couldn't give her a selfie? Tell me. I didn't want to be seen. Yeah. See, this I was so afraid. About. Like I was so, so afraid. And it's, and I had always taken a back seat in everything that I did in business. Like I was the behind the scenes check, yes. like, which as a projector makes sense. Like I understand systems. I can make money for other, I can make money for other people. I love that. I can't really do it for you. myself. I'm going to be calling you after this. You're like, you keep saying like, I can make you a lot of money. I'm like, let's, let's get on the phone after this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to me, that was fun. But when we started our business, you know, like and you I never saw a picture forward. of my face. You had to step forward. Yes. And that's where purpose, like Dharma and purpose, like, you know, that was where the energetics piece came in because I was trying to understand like, what are karmic ties? What are soul contracts? Like, what is the universe trying to tell me? Do I have a tear in my shock? He broke my tailbone. Like, you want to talk about like, like, you know, then I started getting into the energetics of chakras and I was like, wait, but I had a broken tailbone. Like uh, my root chakra was literally cracked. And I was going, but this, you know, how do you do this? And why, you know, why is this important to do in business? And there was a lot of, you know, stitching my identity back together, being healed. Like yeah. the first time we heard you speak and you said, you teach from a scar, not a wound. And I was like, okay, so how much of a scar do I have right now? Like, how much do I actually talk about this? How do I, and then I realized like there was more healing that had to happen. And so I kept doing the work and doing the work. And, you know, of course we were building a business on a trajectory that was parallel, but I didn't know we would end up here. I never thought I'd be the chick that talked about the moon or human design or my friends don't know what I do. My friends don't Wait, to come this to day, me and say, they still don't know what you do. They, they know I'm a business coach. coach. They know that I talk about the moon, but like nobody, not no friends have ever said, Oh, tell me my human design. Like, no, my friends just go, Oh, you teach people like how to make money in their business online. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. Um, yes, and they love me a- for me. Yes. And And they know me as me. I'm like, you know, back to being Betsy Moon or whatever. But I think, you know, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, yeah, of course, there's always going to be fear. There's always going to be fear of being seen. There's always going to be fear that you're going to get hurt. There's always going to be a chance that you're going to put yourself in a position that, you know, could, could go sideways. Like nine times out of 10, in my experience, those moments happen by no fault of your own. It's like, but I chose to carry that blanket of like, it was my fault for a really long time. It wasn't my fault. It really wasn't my fault. And I can say that now, how did I get there? Using the moon, starting a business, hiring coaches, going to therapy, doing the work and it's exhausting work and it's hard work. And poor Laura, she had to sit through all of it. Like she had to watch this unfold. Yeah. I was going to let, I wanted to invite but, Laura. But back. not poor Laura, because like it was, it's in, you know, I think it's one of the greatest honors that we can have as women. If we can figure out how to hold space for another woman while she's going through a thing. And, you know, I could say the same thing for Betsy. Like Betsy had to hold a lot of space for me when I was going through my depression and my separation and, and being triggered and traumatized and unpacking things in a big way. And, you know, really that's like, you know, Betsy talked about like the moon is it's, you know, you're right. I don't, I like, I don't like in the business coaching space where things become popular and it's like, you're the moon chicks. You're the human design. Oh, I don't, chicks. I'm no. like, don't put me in a hum- box. Like, don't put me in a box. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm like, we use the moon as an energetic tool. We use human design as a very powerful energetic tool. So I can figure out as a coach, like you come to me and you come inside a, a call with us. 
I'm going to listen. I'm going to say, okay, talk to me. What's going on in your life? What's going on in your business? And you're going to start rambling away. And I'm going to be able to tease out by listening to you and looking at your human design chart. Where's the fear hiding? Where's the resistance hiding? Where are you blocking yourself? Where are there things that you say you want, but it's actually a false desire. It's like a desire of the ego, as opposed to what you deeply, deeply desire, which might be a bit weird. The thing that you really desire to create might be a little bit oddball and you might not know what that's supposed to look like. Like when I was, you know, like when our soul contract was made, I was like sitting at my kitchen table, literally minutes away from going to the hospital, to deliver my baby and writing like, I want to be able to connect with like these wickedly intelligent, passionate, dynamic women and have conversations with them and somehow make that my life's work and my livelihood. What the heck does that even mean? I was a pediatric nurse about to go on mat leave. Like, I don't know. I wasn't a coach. I didn't have any business experience. Like there's nothing tangible to it, but I took, there was a deep rooted desire. And somehow I followed the breadcrumb trail through the universe of time and found <laughs> and found my way to my little corner of the universe where I meant to do my work. And, yes. and that's, that's what you have to do. But like, we get so distracted as humans generally, but particularly in the online entrepreneurial space, which has blown up in the time that Betsy and I have been friends, like from 2015, 2016, when things really started to like being an online entrepreneur became cool and catchy and you can make millions. You can quit your job and live the best life and laptop lifestyle on the beach and all this crap. And you're like, Oh oh my God. Boom, boom, boom. You know? And it's like, no, like you can like, like, yeah. Okay. Like, like all of these. Yeah, exactly. It's so bro. So masculine. And it's like, you know, people will come to us and say like, well, how do I get more, how do I generate more leads for my business? Or how do I make more money? Or how do I do this? How do that? And it's how is a masculine question. It's so masculine. And it's like, there's a thousand different ways that you could build your business. And not one of them is right or wrong. You have to find the path that's right for you. We started with podcasting because Betsy didn't want to be seen. She felt comfortable being heard, but not being seen. So you guys don't turns do out, video for your podcast. We didn't do video. We only no. did audio. Gotcha. As it turns out, we started a podcast in January of 2017, which was like about eight months before podcasting completely blew up. So little synchronous like moment there that helped us out, right? But we were just following. It's like, what can I, she didn't want to be seen. She didn't want to take a selfie, much less be on video or like Facebook live or YouTube or anything like that. So we're like, well, what can we do? She was like, I can use my voice. Turns out she has a defined throat and she's a self-projected projector. So perf. And then, and then we just ran with it. Like take what you can work with now, heal what you can clean up right now, and then take the next step forward and the next step forward and the next step forward. And that's what we did. But it's like, it's such an honor, I think, to be able to be on this like weird and wild journey with each other and with all the other women that we encounter and like yeah just oh the gimmicky the gimmicky entrepreneurship I'm so over it I can't anymore I just can't it's so painful we're increasingly having I will say this like we're increasingly having a hard time with social like we're really leaning more into our podcast more into our newsletter more into like let's get in Voxer and connect with each other with our clients as opposed to like 
social because it just 100%. something's not feeling right anymore. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I, this isn't my, th- yes, it's my show, but this is, <laughs> you guys are the honored guests, but don't, don't even get me started about me and social media. Like I just realized the other day, like, Oh, I, I don't think I've posted on Instagram for like a week. And I'm like, I better post other, or it's just going to be all podcasts, like sound clips. Cause I don't, <laughs> I'm very much like I'm in right now. I'm trying to write this book and uh, I'm the kind of person who likes to do it and then talk about it. I don't like to talk about it in process in process. I don't know what I think or believe yet. Right. So social media has a demand, whatever. We're not going to go on. KK is going to go on a tangent. We're not going to do it. I'm going to bring, I'm just going to stop myself right now. But yes, I believe that uh, the email list is, is it's not even the wave of the future. It is the way it, it is. It is the way, <laughs> you know, in the, the Mandalorian and Disney, this is the way. You know, I think that heartfelt, real, genuine relationships. And here's the thing. It's not email, email newsletters are not, uh, how do I say this? They're not, you know, they're the long game. And I'm always playing the long game. I'm not in a rush. Like I'm not in a rush in, in so much of, so I'm finally going to ask you the one question I, I wanted to definitely ask you guys is that um, when, I, and it has to do with not being in a rush, right? So when I was on your podcast, I don't know if you still do this, but the very first time I was on your show, you ask everybody the question, like, what does luscious mean to you? Right. And so I, I kind of remember my answer. Um, but what, here's what I want to know. Cause when I hear the word hustle, I just kind of like, there's a part of me that goes like, okay. So when I was a kid growing up where I grew up in Lawrence, Mass, Boston, Massachusetts, right. To be a hustler is not necessarily a great thing. It's like, you're going to get hustled. You're going to get fucking hustled, right? And then it's like, hustle, hustle, hustle. And then Gary V has gotten smarter over the last 18, 20-ish months where he's toned down his go, 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 fucking hustle, 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 hustle. But I always found the hustle culture of entrepreneurship just like, I don't know, like, I just don't, whatever. So when you guys use this word hustle, and I know the word luscious is in front of it. So I want to give you a chance that what, what, how do you define the word hustle? Is it still feel like really on brand for you? Like, and this is no judgment. This is hundred percent curiosity. And where did it come from? Cause you said you used to be luscious living. So what was the, what was the transition there of choosing that particular word? What does that word mean to you? Okay. Well, so I was thinking hustle, we decided hustlers getting, so there was just living and there was, there was like side hustle for me, luscious hustle came out of like having like the same luscious living sort of we were going plus a side hustle. Cause we want to teach women to build side hustles. Very. Okay. Like to logical step, but then Laura will talk more about the energetics because one named it that everyone loved it. And then it changed into the energetic piece. Okay. So she frozen for you too, Laura. Okay. So that was a little choppy, but what I think, what I heard you say, cause I think your internet's frozen, Betsy. What I think I heard you say is you started off doing luscious living. And then part of that was trying to help female business owners or, or women who wanted to become female business owners start a quote unquote side hustle. So it became this, a like it, it was a joining of the two. 
And for people, because my show is not specifically an entrepreneurial show. That is not necessarily my audience, although there are some entrepreneurs within it. So when you say a side, I know what it means, but can you tell, talk to the audience about what a side hustle is? And then if I misunderstood what she said, Laura, I'd love to hear your, your viewpoint too. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. Yeah. So like, I mean, a side hustle is just like a, a job or a business or a thing that you have on the a hustle <laughs> that you have on the side to make money. Um, but I mean, you know, it's funny because like my dad, um, when I first told him that we were calling our business Luscious Hustle, he's a lawyer, he's a corporate oh, lawyer. Yeah. So he like did our, our incorporation. He was like, you want to call it what? I know. <laughs> is that even allowed? <laughs> it's a bit racy. And uh, Racy, I love yeah. your dad. Oh my God. No, there's a story there. I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. The old connotation of a hustle is like, you're hustling drugs. You're doing something illicit. You're doing, you're, you're a schemer, but you know, in the millennial world, like a side hustle is just like, you're, you have a full-time job and then you're like freelancing on the side, or you have like, you make something and you sell it on Etsy or you're like health coaching on the side. Like that's who we were working with in the beginning. It was like so people who had full-time jobs, but they had this thing that they were passionate about on the side. That they and like, how do I turn this thing from just an expensive hobby yes. into something that can actually make money. Cause I'm really passionate about it. And what if that could be my livelihood? What if I could really do the damn thing and go for it and turn this into something bigger? So that's where, that's where it started was teaching side hustles. And we sort of elevated from there, but the word luscious Betsy hated it. Yeah. Like we were both, <laughs> she hated it in the beginning. And I, I will tell you, like, I felt like the word luscious is a very, dynamic word. Like when you think of, usually when we ask people and we have asked people, like, what do you think of people think? I think of lips, lips and hips and luscious hair and like femininity and like a woman, like a very beautiful, gorgeous woman. And like, I liked the word luscious because it represented this like bold feminine energy. Like she's a woman and she's feminine, but she's also strong and empowered. Like she's not a pushover. A luscious woman is not a pushover. She's not a doormat. She's passionate about something and she's going to talk about it and speak about it and do things. And so that's where luscious came from. And we felt anything but luscious when we started, but I was like, we're going to grow into this word. Aspiration. We're going to take it and we're going to, we're going to rise up to become luscious hustlers. We're going to hustle towards our passion. So the hustle is the masculine energy and luscious is the divine feminine, but the luscious leads the feminine leads and then the masculine. And it's, it's really interesting because people come across us and they are usually triggered by one or the other. People hate the word hustle. They're like, I hate the word hustle. It's so gross and masculine and toxic. And don't tell me to work. I hate working. I left corporate and I was burnt out. And then the other side, women are like luscious. Like, that's not a legit business name. Like what kind of crap is that? So people are very triggered from one end of the spectrum to the other. And I'm like, good. I want you to be triggered. It's meant to be polarizing. It is like North Pole, South Pole, masculine, feminine. It's meant to be polarizing to get you to dig into like, where do you need to work on yourself? Are you more luscious? Are you more hustle? Are you wounded in both? Let's explore that. Mm-hmm. And um, so the funny side story is like when we first incorporated and we, we bought that domain name, luscioushustle.com and we bought luscioushustle.ca because it's actually a Canadian corporation and whatever. If you Google Luscious Hustler back in 2017, porn, just porn, nothing but porn, 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 porn. So I would like to say that on behalf of like luscious hustle, we have Betsy and I have done our part to like work the SEO. So now when you Google luscious hustle, it's like Betsy and Laura, a podcast, spiritual development, 
some like racy sex than some more Betsy and Laura. Like we're slowly moving up. <laughs> we're slowly moving up and changing what luscious hustle means from like porn to something completely legit. Well, um, <laughs> it, 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 right. I can see how it, people could be like, so what is your porn name? Uh, luscious hustle productions. <laughs> Um, well, I have the same, I have a similar story uh, when, right when I was trying to decide. So people always ask me, what's the working title of your book and what it is now is different what it was back then. But back then, um, one of the things that, that I would say when people would say, well, who do you work with? And I'd say, well, I work with people who have, you know, had more than their fair share of wicked hard shit happens to them. And people always love when I say it like wicked hot. It's such a New England, Boston thing. And they're like, oh my God. And then somebody said to me, you know, that should be um, my friend, Terry Trespicio, who actually her book's coming out in December. I'm very excited. Unfollow your passion. Uh, she's a genius, Terry. If you guys don't know who she is, she's wonderful. And um, so we were talking about, oh, we're going to call it Wicked Had. So I bought the domain name. It's a whole story even behind that. So I, I own the domain name, wickedhad.com. And um, I, my podcast was going to be the Wicked Had podcast. And like Wicked Had was going to be the book, the whole thing, right? You guys are already laughing. You know where this is going. Every person is like, if I saw that on a shelf, Wicked Had, like the New England people would be curious enough that they would pick it up, but everybody's going to think it's porn. Like everybody was laughing so hard. They're like, KK, that is such a porn name. I'm like, I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm going to do with that domain. At some point I'm going to use it. But um, I was just like laughing. You're like, yeah, let's just also like Wicked Had. It's just like XXL. Like it's always XXX when like you type in the word Wicked Had. I was like, oh my God. So I can, I can relate to your, uh, your situation. Well, I mean, the online porn industry is very lucrative. I would just hold it and then sell yeah. in a few years. Sell, sell, <laughs> sell when somebody <laughs> wants to offer me $5,000 for the domain name, you know, it's like so funny, but anyway, so yeah, I can, I, I totally hear you. So now you guys, you know, one of the things that you said when we were first talking about, and I always love to say to people, you know, and I'll get to this question about, was there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? But something that you said that I found really interesting earlier, um, in, earlier meaning in our communication, not on the show yet, is you were talking about your current focus as being stability and impact and how a lot has changed over the year. But what you really are loving doing right now is helping women create more stability and impact. And whether you're impacting them, then they go out and impact the world or their, their clients or whatever. Do you want to talk about what you mean by that and why it's right now um, a focus of yours? I think it'll always be a focus for me because it's like, you know, when we have this hustle conversation, I mean, I grew up thinking that I thrived in chaos and it could not be further from the truth. I actually strive, like I thrive in stability. Yeah. I, I like feeling safe. I didn't yes. understand that that was an option. Yes. I didn't know. I, my nervous system didn't know. And so I think when we talk about this sort of ripple effect, you know, people talk about that, you know, like, oh, be your little change in your little corner, clean it up and have that a ripple effect. And we've used this analogy a million times. So I'm not like shitting on the analogy because I do like you drop the stone and there's a ripple effect. Um, but I do think that impact in this sort of new paradigm where we're going, you have to do the work yourself. You have to lead by example. You have yeah. to have the capacity mm -hmm. to hold space for other people to come into your world and calibrate to what you're doing. Like it's, it's, we're not just like these singular insular humans anymore. Like we impact each other with our thoughts, our actions. And so, you know, I think that the, I think that at least in my 
opinion right now because we know it changes every fucking day. I always day, say I reserve the right. I reserve the right to change my mind. Changes every day. Um, but I think you know people right now are looking for the example, and in order to be the example, you have to be living it. And if you're living it, then you are showing other people that this is now a possibility. And so for me, it's you know like why do I want to make myself cry? I don't want to make myself cry. Do I want to cry in the grocery store because of something I see? No, but I do it because it's part of the process. It's part of the journey that I've signed up for. And so that's, that to me is the ripple effect. Like if we can do the work ourselves, then we're teaching from a place of like actual truth, not just an experience, not just like, oh, I saw a webinar. So I'm going to try and make this my own. That doesn't feel good to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I have to live it. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's the only way, actually. It's the only way to actually create effective change. And so mm-hmm. much of what I have seen in the, uh, again, not not shitting on the word, but in the household culture of get things quick, like do it, do it, do it, do it, uh, in the entrepreneurial space, is that they're skipping over the implementation, integration, embodiment, practice, so it becomes a part of you not just, again, regurgitated information that you see or hear that you immediately try to then like spit back out. And so you have to, and and there's so many instances of this, you know, St. Francis of Assisi, who's like one of my guys on my spiritual team, you know, St. Francis used to go out into the woods and preach to the to the, to the trees and to the animals and to whatever. And, and he, there's a line, a famous line that's attributed to him that says, go out and preach and sometimes use words. And what that is saying is just go out and be the gospel, go out and be the thing, go out and be the love, go out and be the embodiment of all this are my brothers and sisters, right? So you be the thing, which is exactly what you're talking about. You have to go first. You have to do the work first. And Gandhi said it too, you know, one time he was asked what his message was. He had taken a vow of silence and um, a reporter asked him if he had a message for everybody. And he wrote down, my life is my message. And so I'm really big on being it because if you become it, it will show up in what you're doing rather than trying to package it and sell it to others when you can't you can't actually speak to it with any intelligence and wisdom because you have not embodied it yourself. And it is, it is by going first, being your own first client and be, it's like, you're not going to go like, you got to test the thing, right? You got to like, you have this theory or whatever. And it's like, you could only talk about the moon stuff or whatever, because you know, in your own life, this is where it failed. This is where it worked. This is what we've discovered. This is, and we're constantly evolving. Like you said, I always say I reserve the right to change. What I, I always say to people, I know I, I, I might've said this last week. <laughs> I've gotten some new information between then and now, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I've kind of changed my mind about that. And the last thing I want to say is I, you know, I did a podcast episode once, um, once, like, I don't know, a few months ago, whenever it was, and I, it was called we're all influences. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get labeled an influencer. I'm like, every single minute we could be talking and, you know, I could look up, like, let's say I was talking and doing this. And when I look back, I see you making a, like a face at her. I, that would influence me. I'd be like, oh, did I say something wrong? Did I say something she liked? What's the face? Like, what's the look of it? So the littlest things in our, what we're projecting out or how the world is reflecting back on us, we're always 
always influencing, you know, each other. So wait, I could talk to you guys all day long. Do you guys have anything else? Is there anything that you want to talk about and share with my listeners that I have not brought up? I just keep looking down. It's like, I think creating stability. I, let me touch on this question. I'd love to hear Laura's point of view on this too. Um, the one thing about the world the ego world that we've created this big illusion of time and space and a spinning planet and separate bodies and all this shit. The one thing that it is consistently is not stable. It is instable. It is instability yep. at every turn. There is nothing you can count on. A lot of money doesn't make you safe. Look at Kobe Bryant, right? We think like, oh, yep. money is security. This getting married is security. Getting pregnant, they won't leave me if we have a kid to get all the bullshit ways that we whatever. Always looking for safety. Always looking for the sure bet. Always looking for whatever. Uh, no, I could walk. I would say I could walk outside and fucking trip and that's it done. Right. So there's no stable, but what we, in, in the external, but what we can do for our nervous systems <laughs> is try to create as much stability as possible, whether it's through spiritual practices, right? Meditation movement, what, there's a thousand ways to come home to yourself. So this concept of helping women find their own stability um, so that, like you're saying, you can be impactful. And you, once you embody these things, just by people being in your presence, you become impactful, which is incredible. So Laura, do you want to have anything, anything to say about, and, and first of all, let me say this, stabilizing the nervous system is so important because like you said, I also yes. came up with this nervous system that did not know what even safety even smelled like no concept. So mm -hmm. anyway, I mean, ahead. you just, I think you just said it so beautifully. It's that for me is stability. It's like, you know, in the wounded feminine, you are expecting someone else to come and save you. And you are expecting the, you are waiting for the external environment to change. When this happens, then I'll start my business. When this happens, then I'll be okay. When X, Y, Z falls into place, then, then, yes. then, then, then. Yes. And it's like, you can literally waste away your entire lifetime on earth playing that game and it will be wildly unfulfilling. And so it's like, yeah, there is no stability in the external world. The only form of stability you can create is in your internal world. And that doesn't mean that you're always hundred percent stable. You're allowed to be human. You're allowed to have emotions. You're allowed to have a bad day. You're allowed to walk through some darkness. Mm -hmm. That's totally okay. But it's like, do you have those tools in place to, like you said, like our human design, the, the, the deeper work that Betsy and I've done with our human design is just that like stabilizing our central nervous systems, understanding like, where do I get myself hooked up or spinning in my head or feeling unsafe or just running amok with my general decision-making on a day-to-day -day basis? Like how can I come back? Cause that's, you know, it's like, it's like, how can I come back to me? How can I come home to like my soul, my soul's purpose and get really just, okay, we're cool. We're calm, collected. And even though there might be a storm swirling a around me, storm happening, yes. what can I do for me right now? It might not be perfect, but I'm going to create some sense of certainty, trust, stability within myself. And from there I can lead, I can lead myself and then I can lead others. And that's the and work that you do with your clients is trying it's stability, to it's trust, it's creating, you know, people will be like, tell me the way that I can for sure make this launch successful. I'm like there, I can't predict the future. There's no way for me to make your business launch successful. Are you kidding me? But like, I can teach you to how to create certainty within yourself. 
I can, I can teach you to get to a place energetically and spiritually where like, you're like, you just know, like you have that intuitive ping. You're like, this is going to be good. I'm excited. I'm lit up. And I just know, I don't know what's coming, but I know it's going to be good because I trust myself completely. And that's, I mean, that was the work I had to do on myself big time. Um, so that, that to me is what stability It's also, you know, my words for like 20 for this coming year, like stability impact, but also like refinement, like, like, it's not about being perfect. It's not about like one day I'm shit and the next day, like, yay, like million dollar business. It's like, no, I'm refined. It's a process of refinement every single day. How can I step more into being the leader that I desire to be the woman that I desire to embody, um, you know, okay. Like looking at like, okay, what worked yesterday? What didn't work? What do I want to improve? Just keeping it really simple. And so it's like, yeah, that's where I think success is going to come from. That's where I think fulfillment is going to come from. It's like, I, I get to be, and those are the only things you can be in control of really. It's like, I can, I can work on myself, work on my connection, work on my sense of stability and, and just trust that I'm refining myself every single day. So that's what gets me really excited. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And Betsy, what, what about you? Are there any, any final thoughts or any question I didn't ask or something you want to share before we um, say goodbye? The only thing I wanted to touch on is, um, so part of the work that I've had to do this year is like with the word hustle. So I actually I'm someone that does really well working. And so one of the tricks that I've learned, so obviously there was a bad expression at one point where I was just working too much and I was not connected to the work. Um, But one of the things that has helped me actually stabilize my nervous system is understanding, and this is where human design came in, like understanding how I work and why I work and the best way for me to work. So for me, you know, there's this... And this is where I think the masculine and feminine conversation gets all like twisted because they're like, if you want freedom, that's masculine. If you want love, that's feminine. And like, <laughs> never the two shall meet, right? Um, and there's, you know, feminine is being and masculine is doing. doing. The, the best form of self-care for me actually is doing. Like the best way that I can honor the divine feminine is to be creative and to problem solve. So it's like, I call it my two for one special. So it's like, I can sit down and do a budget and that's actually like self-care for me. And when I have that itch and I scratch it, it's no longer from that wounded place of like, oh my God, I'm working. Eh, I can only work this much. Like I've done the wrong thing. No. And I think that this, this next level of understanding, like that stability piece was ourselves is understanding those different building blocks that make us unique. And human design is a great tool for that. The moon's another great tool for that. And like, this is the work that we do because I do actually love problem solving. Like if I, if like, like I love it. I also love a nap, but a nap is not always the best thing for me. Right. And people say, well, you're a projector. You're only supposed to work two to four hours. Like yes and no. And I think it's living in this space of yes and no, maybe, or like, it doesn't have to be so black or white. And that's where hustle has become. I think that's where hustle has gotten such a bad name. I will always hustle. I love a good hustle. I'm competitive. We talked about this. Like I will always have that edge. Um, so like, that's why we call it like the feminine edge. You know, people talk about growth edge and the masculine edge and like, it's the feminine edge to me. It's like, how do we honor all those sides of ourselves and redefine what work looks like? Because work can be really healthy. Money can be healthy. Money, Love can be, uh, money like, not can, money. Yes. That's another, that's a whole other episode. Exactly about women and their relationship to money and how we define it and what it means and our capability and relationships. So we could, we could talk for a long time about that. Yeah. 
but money is the byproduct of, you know, and so it's like, we can't, I don't know. Money is, such a- money is new. I mean, yeah, money is neutral. Money is an effect. Money isn't like money in and itself. Isn't, I would say money is just, uh, uh, yeah. I w- all right. Let me ask you this. I know you guys have a hard stop in 20 minutes, but now that, now that you fucking brought it up. All right. Sorry. So, no. <laughs> No, no, I think it's important. But um, one of the things I do want to say too, uh, I want to be really clear. And you guys are always welcome to push back and disagree. It's one of the great things about having smart friends and smart women. You, you, you can um, bat things around. But one of the things about, um, I think that I see people doing in part of their giving away their power though, is when you have people who are like, I do human design, I do tarot, I do astrology, I do soul readings, I do this and this and this is we often give away our own power and go into those systems. And then we say to people, well, of co- people will say to you, of course you do that because you're a Libra. Of course you do that because you're a three, five generator. Of course you do that, whatever. And I'm with you. I'm always in the and. I'm a kid with a murdered mother. I'm a person who didn't have this and I didn't do it. Because I, I think that we have to not, I always say, use these tools, all these beautiful tools that you're talking about as just that. Like, I'm going to go into my cool, my toolkit. I'm like, do I, I always say this to you guys, do I need a hammer or do I need, do I need a fucking sledgehammer or do I need a tiny little screwdriver? I see these nav, I call them navigation systems. I think they are tools for refinement. I think they're ways of helping us to understand ourselves better, but don't put me in a box. Don't label me. Like you said, like, yeah, like uh, um, I'm a projector, so I'm only supposed to work two to four hours a day. It's like, have you met me? Have you met me? Right? Like, like you're saying, like I like to. I'm a, I'm a generator. No, no surprise. But like, it's like one of these things where it's like, okay. So I always just want to say to people who are listening, um, the beautiful thing of what I'm hearing from the two of you today, and then we'll talk money, is that. These are ways that you use to help women to come to understand themselves, their path, their purpose, um, their blocks, what I call your blocks, your, you know, your beliefs, your BS, your blocks, your stories, your bullshit, um, the, the ways we get in our own way, but also their ways. It's, it's almost like I have this new lamp. I wish I could show you guys. It's this cool new little lamp light thing that I have. When I turned it on, I said to my sweetie, look how it illuminates the surface. Like, I love this thing. It was like so cool, right? I think that what these tools do and what you help people do is to illuminate where they're getting in their own way, but also, Jesus, we could talk all day. KK, I just keep bringing up all these different topics, but here's another thing is that you said, and I'm like, let it go. Cause you're just going to divert. You're going to divert this conversation. But when you were talking earlier about really asking ourselves as women, like, what do we want? Do you know how many people in my line of work as a spiritual mentor, most people don't know what the fuck they want. They can tell you what they don't want. Mm-hmm. They can tell you what they don't want. But women giving themselves permission, my episode that drops in a couple of days on Thanksgiving, uh, it's all about me meeting Oprah. And the reason why I talked about it, because it's a story of gratitude, thanks, but it's also a story about dreaming big. Women so often do not allow themselves to dream really big. And what I'm getting exciting, like I know you guys, but like we haven't really dove into your business before. But what I'm really excited about what I'm hearing today is I think part of your magic is that you help women to dream 
and to bring those dreams to life. You could say to me, that's not what we do, but I'm telling you some part of me is going like, yeah, like my yeah. dream radar is like going off. So any responses to that have at it. And then we'll talk money real quick, real quick. Well, it's funny because that's, I literally sent out a newsletter like this morning about this because we, we have a mutual friend, um, who like, we also all like a spiritual, um, Betsy and I do like, okay. you might know her. I don't know. She's a medium and she's a spiritual entrepreneur. Anyways, we connected and we've become fast friends and we're doing like a masterclass with her on the winter solstice called desire. And it's literally about like, how do you actually like actually, actually, actually for real Z's figure out what you deeply desire and can you declare it? So it's like desire, devotion, declaration, because I, I kid you not like it, that, that, that one moment when I was like sitting at my kitchen table about to go have a baby, like that was probably the first time in my life that I really got clear about something that I deeply desired. And it didn't have anything to do with wants or needs or like anything in the material world. It was just, it was like, I had a just divine moment and I put it on paper and thank God I did. And like that one moment has carried me so far. It's amazing how a single moment of clarity about what you really desire can take you so, so far. And I think I, go, I completely agree with you. I think we don't, we get so like our friend, Danielle, the, uh, Sir, uh, Danielle Sarank, who's the Squamish medium, she's the one we're doing the desire masterclass with, you know, she has said like, there's, there's desires. And then there's like a lot of false desires in the world. There's a lot of things that we think we desire, but it's really just confusion. It's confusion and it's ego. And it's like, there's just a, it's messiness. And so it's like, we're doing it on the winter solstice because it is the darkest dark. It is the darkest darker time in the year yeah. where I am in Canada. It's literally going to be dark at like 2 45 PM, <laughs> but we are literally going into the darkness to yeah. like, get clear on like, she's going to lead us and connect us with our spirit guides. And we are going to get clear about what those desires are and step into a new year with that. Because I think that alone, if you can really hone in on that more than anything, yeah, the money will come. The money will come when you start getting your energy in alignment with what it is that you desire and, and just and taking really aligned, meaningful action. The money will come. It's of course, but we, we don't have to fuss about that, but we got to get clear about the desire first. Yeah. You got to allow yourself as Mary Oliver, the great poet, Mary Oliver says, you know, just let the soft animal of your body want what it wants, love what it loves, love what it loves and in giving yourself permission, you know, to even have desire. And so often with women, particularly what, what goes onto the list of what we want is what the external and often patriarchal world tells us we should want. And part of that is like, even with money, I see women do it all the time. They don't feel comfortable just saying, I want a shit ton of cash. Like I'm really comfortable saying like, I want to be filthy rich. Like I want to have a lot. That seems very comfortable with that. You know, the cartoon, like with Scrooge Mc or yes, it's, it's Scrooge McDuck, McDuck where he like dives into the, the gold coins. Like that's like actually Betsy would like that. She would just be but really is, happy. But, but I think you often hear, and I, I do this too. I want to be clear. I have said these words before too, but they're true, but they're, they're really true for me is that um, but most women feel like they have to clarify their desire for wealth by saying, because then I can be so generous because then I can give to others. Yes. Then I can oh my be God. Good. I can be good. We can have a whole podcast about right? that. Yeah. I mean, that's I the whole thing. Maybe this, this could be our podcast tomorrow. We probably should just show. continue this conversation, but we can yeah. just dig into this because yeah. I want, I want to be like Scrooge McDuck. Cause I like to swim and I like money. Like it has <laughs> nothing to do with everything I'm going to do with it. 
Well, that I was did. my favorite. Ducktails. Like, I like loved the, it. Like, you like the feeling of the coins in the cash. Like I mean, I think it would hurt a little bit, but like I'm prepared to find out, right? Like pure gold. It's a bit soft. Let's find, let's find out. Right. Like I think so anyways. Yeah. So women, anybody, well, I would say everybody, everybody who's listening, I think they can take away something from this, but I think that women, especially, uh, these are my two beautiful friends. If, if please tell them now, we'll do the, this is now the portion of the show where people can find out how to work with you or any cool shit that you have coming up. So tell us about, you got this masterclass thingy desire. When's that sucker happening? And do you know the link and how people can do it? I mean, you can send these to me too, but just say it because a lot of people don't go to the website. They listen on Apple or whatever. So mm-hmm. just, just make it, let's make it easy for the listeners. How can they, first of all, reach you? Uh, what you, If there's something you want to, you know, point them in some direction and then anything else you want to tell them. Well, the hub for all the information would be www.leshasessel.com. You can sign up for our newsletter, get all the insider scoop there. Uh, You can reach Desire the Masterclass. I'm putting it at the top of our page today, so it will be there. Desire the Masterclass happens on December 21st, winter solstice at 3 p.m. Eastern. All right, so I'll make sure this this episode goes out before then, and then you people can actually Um, take action. Okay. Yes. And so, and again, you can find us on Instagram at luscious.hustle. We have everything in our little bio link at the top. And plus we're pretty, we don't post as regularly on our feed, but we are always in Insta stories and you can DM us. It's us. There's nobody else in there. It's mostly Laura. (laughs) Sometimes I show up, I pop in for a random appearance there, but that is the fastest and easiest way. And we can send you whatever you need. Like you want to be a part of our world. We'll send you the link, like no big deal. So we would like I didn't get your newsletter this morning. What's that about? Oh, well, we could put you on the list. We can make that happen. Subscribe. Don't take it personally. Like I always, (laughs) it's okay. We actually have a cute little button at the bottom. Like you don't want this anymore. Go right ahead. I love to, but no, I love to see what my friends, what my friends are up to. You know, that's, that's how, and that's the other thing too. We can have a whole conversation about, I'm, I'm really about, um, women who are, aren't afraid to promote their friends. And we can talk mm-hmm. about that, like who aren't afraid that they can stand in their own power and understand the abundance of when I share for you, we all win. It's not like this competition weird thing, because I think that whatever. So anyways, like, yeah, I'm so happy that you were on the show. I loved getting to talk to you guys. I want to make sure we let Betsy go so she doesn't like turn into a chupacabra or something because she's got to eat. <laughs> hangry Betsy will not be soothing for the next person she's talking to. So, uh, and honestly, we could all talk like in first when we were setting this up. So let me also acknowledge that all communique comes from, I always talk to Laura, not Betsy. So when you guys said that (laughs) and it made me think, but let's do a super quickie on that in your business as a, as a Tufa, a Tufa, um, does one of you have more of a I'm the face or the voice or the upfront, like I'm the one who handles this portion of the business and I tend to handle this. Like, is one of you like, do you know your strengths? And so you assign them or do you equally do all things and share all things? 
Yeah. We um, don't equally necessarily do all things. No, we, that has been, that is actually a lot of what has changed in 2021 is like re-navigating what that looks like and what feels good to us. Yes. I do tend to reply to more emails and like DMS and things like that. And like, you know, Betsy does more like, I mean, we're both in Voxer, for example, like private coaching clients or our masterminds have Voxer access and we're both there. It's more Betsy. And it doesn't mean I'm not listening or I'm not participating or I'm not going to chime in, but it's just like, we kind of just go where it feels right and where we play to our strengths. And so I'm hearing more verbal and more written. Like you guys tend to respond. That's your natural acuity of, of how you respond is one using your voice in a verbal way. And then one using it through a written word. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Although Betsy's an amazing writer, her newsletters are phenomenal. So she does, she is a really good writer too. So do you bounce back and forth about who writes the emails to like the newsletters each week? Is it a shared collaborative process? Yes and no. I, I, I'm I going to start the, a fight. Um, now I'm, I'm like starting an argument. Well, like, oh, no, Lord. I went through, I went through a phase. I went through a phase where I was writing like two newsletters a week. Like I, because it was just, I wanted to challenge myself. Like for me, if you were to ask me like healing modalities, for me, words are really, really important. Yeah. Like right. understanding how we use them. So for me, the process of like finding my voice and healing my voice has been twofold. It's interviews like this, talking, getting used to hearing myself speak, but also writing because writing yeah. gives me a different level of clarity and a different level of understanding. So for me, it's like part and parcel, like both are, it's a two-pronged attack. But I also came from a career where I read and responded to about 200 emails a day. I don't want to email people. Like I, you know, <laughs> hey, you if somebody guys, DMs me, so like I'll respond. For tuning but in to this episode it's not where I Karen go Kenny naturally. Show. And you know, I when super duper appreciate like, your time, friendship, her, and support. Following. And like, look, she if did something it. that like, I shared from my hat it. today so, somehow landed in yours. Like I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook, Instagram, or IG stories, or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. You know, there's respect. And let me know what your favorite part was. Or what you found most should be like, hey, do you have time you can to find me over this? at Karen Kenny live. Like, we don't Why are there parentheses around these words? If you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be I don't know. I have a science degree. If you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love this year. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from the hearing, and it's the key to any relationship, please share it with them. I'd also love really to stay connected with you. Like, so really, if the feeling is mutual, really please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual respect and care. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I've had soul contracts with people who are you go, may you be. But because it was like, that was the deal. We learned hot and fast and we went our separate ways. But I think that um, it's a beautiful thing that you guys have been able to create. And you two coming together. And of course, in Miracles, it says an idea that is shared grows stronger. And the idea of you two being together, it continues to grow stronger out in the world because you're coming together in the presence of love. And I think it's a, a very powerful thing. So just thank you so much for coming on this show and sharing about so many different things. This is really fun. And uh, I can't wait. And I'll let you know, obviously, when this is going out and everybody can, you know, get in touch with you and just thank you so much. I love you guys. And I can't wait to talk to you next and be on your show too. Uh, And just, yeah. So just, I appreciate you. 
Oh oh, we, appreciate we appreciate you so much. You. We love you. We love you. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, oh wait, you already did. So happy Thanksgiving, Betsy. I think you already, Laura, did your things, Canadian Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, so second Monday in October. All news to you. All right, so Betsy, I hope you have a lovely holiday. Thank and, you, And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. As you say, you guys, thank you, uh, the listeners, for tuning in. If you can still hear the sound of my voice, if you hung in, us, in here with us for this long, that, that is impressive. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for being a part of uh, the Karen Kenny show podcast community. And as I always say, wherever you go, please leave yourself, the people, the place, the environment, the animals better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye.